With more than 200 accredited courses and more than 1,000 videos, the Police One Academy is a powerful online solution that provides department training programs with features that reduce time spent on records and policy management, credential tracking, and more. It is law enforcement training made simple and effective. For more information and to get a 30-day trial, visit www.policeoneacademy.com forward slash policing matters. Hello, and thank you for clicking, and thank you for listening to Policing Matters, the Police One Podcast. I'm Doug Wiley. Hey, this is Jim Dudley. Jim, um, we've talked about it before, but it merits uh, mention again, revisiting the topic of um, walking the beat and foot patrol as being kind of the fundamental piece of community policing. Um, Other forms of policing aimed primarily at community engagement include things like bike patrol, um, uh, mounted, you know, equine partners. There are magnets for all kinds of different activity. Um, in, in so many places, in so many cases, these patrol units are the first to go when you have a budgetary problem or you have a staffing problem. You know, the foot patrol officer gets stuck in a car and you put, you know, two tons of metal and plastic and glass around. They're, they're wandering around the neighborhood in a bubble, whereas previously they were wandering around the neighborhood talking with people, mm-hmm. engaging the community, getting to know what the issues are on the ground and reporting those back to the department saying, hey, Mr. Smith over at the hardware store says there's some kids who come by every so often. It looks like they're probably truant. It's usually during school hours. So maybe we should keep an eye out and see if those kids are actually truant and maybe get them back in, in school. Do just little things to make the community better and have an impact, a positive influence on the community. And it frustrates me to no end when I see these things being shut down or being understaffed or undersupported. I have occasion once a week to go to a restaurant that I like to eat at. It's a nice little outdoor table. And very frequently while I'm sitting there in this neighborhood in, in, in uh, San Francisco, the same two beat cops come walking by. It's almost like clockwork. I can, you, could, you, can tell, you could set your watch by these two guys coming by. We chat for a few minutes. They go on. They chat for, with other folks. And it warms my heart. I just love it. Um, you know, what are your thoughts on how we can continue to have these capabilities at agencies, given the budgetary constraints, given the staffing problems? Yeah, I, you hit the nail on the head with, with both. That Number one, you need to have enough cops in radio cars to go to run, to run, to run. If you need somebody to get there quickly, the best way to do it is in a radio car. And we're law enforcement's constantly under the gun, so to speak, from uh, city leaders, maybe not necessarily the community, but maybe the community as well, to get there fast. Yeah, response time. Cut down response time, five minutes or less. Um, And, of course, they don't understand that there's three or four minutes lost from the phone call to the dispatcher to the officer. So uh, there's there's this... um, unreasonable demand for officers to be everywhere quickly. That said, if you have full staffing, if you have enough officers in radio cars, then why not put officers on footbeat? Not just anywhere, because I don't agree with putting cops in uh, residential neighborhoods on foot. makes no sense at all. But I think in your high volume areas, along transit corridors, along retail corridors, malls, um, uh, strip malls, things like that, where you're going to have a lot of contact with people, I think they're very effective. Uh, We can go back to the 
James Q. Wilson, George Kelling, Broken Windows original article that did the Baltimore study of footbeat officers. Uh, it's a five-year study. And pre-study, they asked the community, hey, we are going to put police officers on footbeat here, and the community was not that enthusiastic about it. They weren't sure that they wanted a lot of cops walking around their neighborhood. And then they asked the cops, what do you think about it? Uh, would you like to volunteer to be on the footbeats? And the cops were less than enthusiastic as well. They weren't too keen on the idea. But lo and behold, after five years, they asked the community and the community said they loved it. They loved seeing the cops. They loved seeing regular cops on the beat every day that they recognized, that they got to know by name, that they engaged in conversation, that they anecdotally mentioned things that were happening in the neighborhood that they would have never picked up the phone to call on. So you make those relationships, you build trust. Um, there's just that visual uh, where they come down the street and it's and it's not because they're coming to something awful that's happened, that that's part of their job, part of their beat. Five years after the after the program piloted for five years, they asked the cops, what, what did you think? The cops loved it too. You build those relationships. It's low stress. Mm -hmm. There's low expectations. Um, maybe you're taking reports that you wouldn't normally, but hey, that, that should be encouraged. And then the idea that, uh, but they asked both if they thought crime went up, down, or stayed the same. The community people thought that crime plummeted when in fact it remains static or maybe even actually increased a little bit. And so there's that perception. And that's what law enforcement's constantly battling is not reality so much, but sometimes the perception. How do people feel? And if you can make a lasting impression by being there and being seen as a positive part of the fabric of your community, God love them. Yeah. Wouldn't you love to have footbeats? Yeah. And I think, you know, to your point, the. First off, not all officers are well suited for foot patrol, Absolutely. and these units probably should be volunteer units. It's and it's best that they be volunteer, but in the event that it is an assignment, I know a lot of guys who did walk the beat, and well, they're all codgers now; they're all retired, but they loved it. They they thought it was the best part of their job, and one of the things that. Um, I think it can be a, a partial solution to this is if you don't have the staff, well, okay, you got guys in radio cars. You take a two car and you make that car stop and park for two hours every shift and walk one portion of your patrol, two hours, take your lunch and then do an hour of, you know, of walking the beat. The first time I saw those two guys that I mentioned that in the neighboring neighborhood here, I saw them uh, actually from afar. I was sitting in my car, I was parking and I saw them, they were sitting at a table at this very same restaurant and I sat there and I watched them for probably about 30 minutes and they were holding court. Oh, <laughs> like yeah. They were eating their, they were drinking their coffee, having a little something to eat and a passerby would stop. They would talk animated, you know, like I couldn't hear what they were saying, but I could tell that they were engaged with the person and then they, that person would go along and another person would wander by and have the same kind of dis five minute discussions. Yeah. Saw four of them happen in the span of about a half hour. And that's the kind of thing where you have so much value. That's intelligence. You know, that's that's problem-oriented policing. You, if you don't know the problem exists, you can't fix it. Right, right. right. So, and let me address the, the kind of two other pieces of this. So I mentioned the radio cars and parking. Some places are geographically just not plausible. 
They're just too spread out. The towns are too large. They're sprawling. You can't do foot patrols on some places. That's where you get a horse or a bike or an ATV. And you, you are more mobile. You cover more ground. And then there's environments like parks. You know, we have Golden Gate Park. There's, there's mounted patrol in Central Park all the time. Um, it's, I think there are ways you can take officers out of the squad and even just for a limited time, ideally, again, it's the shift. Ideally, it's, you, that's your job. Yeah. But if you can devote and make it part of the mission of every officer to spend two hours outside their squad car, yes. that has enormous benefit and value. So I think that there's the critics that say, oh, it's impossible. We don't have the manpower. We don't have the budget. I think that they're not seeing the whole picture. Yeah, I mean, there's there there are facets of training that that increase visibility. Whether you're on a footbeat or a bicycle or a Honda or an ATV, um, if you're zooming around on your motorcycle with a helmet on, I don't know that you're doing a whole lot better than riding in the radio right. car. Um, so you've got to make those frequent stops uh, on a bicycle. Um, I'd ask officers to dismount to leave their bike at the curb, check in on a, a proprietor and ask how things are going. Do Just do some check-ins. It's the old, you know, the old uh, Peel's principle of the police on the beat, mm-hmm. checking in, making sure that everything's okay. Um, those things go a long way. You build the trust. You might get more information than you normally would. Um, and you might actually have a prevention value that... If oh. the, the the bad guys know that's your beat and you're always there, they're going to be less likely to uh, muddy up the waters there. Absolutely. Absolutely. And nailed down because shoplift, for example, yeah. um, car break-ins, for example, there's crimes that are committed that sometimes aren't even reported. Shoplifts are, I would say, less than half the time are, yeah. are probably reported, maybe even less than a quarter of the time. Those things suddenly go away. And they go away in a very visible way. And the, the people figure it out. Um, especially if you're the proprietor of the shop that keeps getting boosted. You know full well and good that you're keeping your stuff in your store. Yeah. Right? Um, you look at the bottom line and you know that, you're, that it's having an impact. I don't want to mention one other unintended consequence, I guess I would say, is that you're building political money in the bank. You're building PR money in the bank. So when something ugly does cook off, there's a lot of people who have a lot of nice things to say about the police. And that can go an awfully long way. Even if something that cooks off truly is a bad thing, and it's in the finger quotes in the air, a bad shoot or you know whatever the officer did was out of policy or out of, against the law. Mm. Even in the event that something terribly extreme is that, you're going to have advocates in the community who say, hey, wait a second, not all cops are bad. These two guys that come by all the time, right. these guys are awesome. Yeah. Right? So I think that you're doing a lot of not only community relations but a lot of just creating ambassadors for your department yeah totally and you you hit it at the beginning when you said you've got to hand select or take volunteers the best army is a volunteer army right so you have to have somebody with a mindset that they want to do that and then the conversely you have the people in the community that at the first chance they get when they see the captain or above the chief even in small departments They'll go to them and say, hey, you can't take Officer Dave off our beat because he's awesome. And that's great. Every boss loves to hear that. Yeah. Um, Do you walk the beat? Uh, Do you want to? Have you in the past? 
Um, does your department have a mounted uh, patrol unit? Do you use um, bicycles on patrol? We want to hear from you. Send us an email to policingmatters at policeone.com. That is policingmatters at policeone.com. Thanks again for listening.